On this episode of the Autumn Windbags, we play a little game of will they, won't they, with the Raiders' number seven overall pick. Which team wants Anthony Richardson the most? Spoiler alert, it's us. A little update on Josh Jacobs and his contract. Jalen Carter visits the Raiders and is a Devin White trade request a possibility for the Raiders. And we love, subscribe, rate, and comment on whatever platform you're listening on. All right, here we go. I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into the nightmares. There it is! Caught! Touchdown! Raiders! You're listening to the Autumn Windbags, an audio attack from the Silver and Black. Here are your windbags. RJ Clifford and Juan Soto. Yeah, it is another episode of the Autumn Windbags. RJ Clifford, Juan Soto. Let's have some fun today. Two weeks away from the NFL draft. It should be the Raiders' day to shine. The table is set. The plate's there. Get your salad fork, your entree fork. The little, like, weird but hook butter knife for the yeah. roll. The little butter for the roll. The little like skewer the shrimp utensil that's on the top that no one ever knows what to do with. You know, they start like picking their teeth with it. We've got every possible utensil in this upcoming draft. 14 picks currently. I'm hoping we get even more. Now we just gotta eat. Now we just gotta now. Well, now we just gotta go to the buffet and pick the right items and not get full on mashed potatoes out of the gate like a dummy. Like we gotta be at the carving station. It's like double down. Hit me. Hit me. Give me that ribeye. Give me another. Give me, give me, give me, go. Roast beef. Bam. Roast beef and salad. Just push it all. Push all the roast right. beef down. Well, you got to do the cool down plate. That was my big move was the cool down plate. So you'll do like, instead of a buffet and you'll have the, uh, you know, the prime rib, the shrimp. Uh, you'll mix in some like, you'll get like a little like a vegetable or a carb every now and then, but just like a really like nice one, you know, with a little bit of cheese on there. Mm. And then like plate three. You go vegetable. You go cold salad because it gives your body a chance to kind of like it's like a cold plunge. It kind of like resets your system. You know, mm-hmm. it's like a it's like it's like stretching. You know, I think we talked about this on Thanksgiving. You gotta yeah, yeah. have that cold vegetable plate to kind of like settle everything down and just reset. Bam, you're ready to go. I like it, man. Just get your arms up on your head. And just wiggle back and forth like Kobayashi. Just kind of like <laughs> get all that shit down. <laughs> I would love nothing more than to see you at Thanksgiving actually doing that. I do. I did it at your house. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Touche. <laughs> uh, so question of the day. Another little fun one. Who you got? Nate Diaz or Jake Paul? It's actually happening. UFC, UFC's Nate Diaz or ex-UFC's Nate Diaz. Jake Paul, YouTuber, they're throwing down. August 6th, pay-per-view, on to zone, 185 pounds, uh, eight rounds, 10-ounce boxing gloves, boxing rules. Oof, 10-ounce gloves, huh? Yeah. Yeah, man, just 185 is way too heavy for Nate Diaz. Mm-hmm. It's way too heavy. He walks around at just like 70, 75. Like he has to gain weight to make 185. Um. And Jake Paul's, I mean, it's just, he's just going to be too big. He'll muscle him around. Yeah. Uh, Nate Diaz is getting the shit pushed in. And this is coming from the UFC guy, right? Like, this is like, you know, he's coming from my neck of the woods. But the other part is, too, like, this is such a, 
It's just so weird when like winning and losing doesn't matter in these matchups, you know? Because it's like nope. it's a cash grab for both guys. Like Nate's been waiting to be able to because under the UFC, like you could be very, very rich selling pay-per-views and being a champion for the UFC. But you can be much more rich if you're a draw. And instead of getting, you know, 15% of the pay-per-view revenue, you get 50% of the pay-per-view revenue fighting somebody fighting somewhere else, right? So you'll sell more pay-per-views as a number in the UFC, but you'll make more, you could potentially make more money fighting outside of the UFC, selling less pay-per-views, but having a bigger percentage. If that's making sense to everybody, right? So yeah. like, that's what he's been dying to do. Like, give me out of the UFC because I'm a draw. And it was, this was the biggest no-brainer in the history of combat sports. Like once Nate Diaz left the UFC, it's like clearly Nate Diaz is down for a circus match. Jake Paul's about the circus match. They're both big draws with like very different audiences, right? Nate's like kind of, you know, Stockton, like kind of hood, like every badass thinks they're Nate Diaz. And then Jake Paul's, Jake Paul's got like all the 12 to like 14 year old YouTube fanatics that got mom and dad's credit card to buy the pay-per-view, you know? So it's like, two, you know, monetarily yeah like monetarily it's just like too perfect yeah but the man, whole disown thing makes me wonder if it's gonna make money because it wasn't on espn pay-per-view not on showtime they went disown yeah that's the jake paul has his his deal with the zone so yeah but jake uh jake can box decently like he he obviously lost his last one to tyson fury's brother and you can tell like the gap between a guy like Jake Paul, who's a good athlete and dedicated to his craft versus a dude who grew up in a boxing gym, right? Mm -hmm. Like all the things about Fury that, you know, you don't like, like, oh, he's just like a celebrity dude. Like all he does is shave his chest and tan. He grew up in a boxing gym. Like he's, he is, he is familiar with boxing, right? And you saw the difference between, you know, an athlete that boxes versus a guy who's always been boxing. Nate's been boxing a long time, but he's not... He's been MMA striking mm -hmm. like the finesse that got Jake Paul. Nate doesn't have. And also he's like pushing 40. Jake Paul only fights dudes that are over the hill and like 20 pounds lighter than him. You know, like that's the seems only to be the MO. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Like if they happen to be the same size, like Anderson Silva, they're pushing 50, you know, like there's yeah. no, there's no dude who's like his size in his prime. And, uh, you know, not even if you was smaller than him, right? Jake Paul's like cruiserweight style, man. Yeah, like he's, he's a big dude. He's 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 thick, dude. Thick, so thick. It's uh might be a short night for old Nate Diaz, but should be a giant event. Bring out the tent poles. The circus is coming to town. Who you got? Let us know in the comment section. Nate Diaz or Jake Paul? Question of the day. Very curious what you guys think. Especially because we're on YouTube. Like this is kind of Jake Paul's domain, you know. Right. We're, it's like we're going into Stockton and hyping up Jake Paul. You know, it's like all, us on YouTube. All we need to do now is uh, get a show on the Disney Channel. Yeah, then we're there. Standard issue. Okay. Uh, all right, you have a new game, Mr. Wonderful. Yeah, man. Likelihood and what if. So. Draft edition. Draft edition. We got four questions here. I'm going to hit you with the question, what's the likelihood of boom, and then what the what if that happens then what do you expect to happen or what would you want to have happen draft wise you ready ready okay number one what is the likelihood the raiders stay put at number seven 51 percent gotcha 
I think slightly above 50-50 shot. I think, um, and we'll get to Anthony Richardson here in a little bit. They've showed a lot of interest in him. Um, this quarterback market outside of the top two is all over the place. Like all the like boomer bustiness of Anthony Richardson. That can mean a guy, you know, teams can get desperate. I like that. Right. You love it. I love the boomy. You love the busty. And then like, like, uh, like Hendon hooker as well. Like he should be a second rounder, but it's just how it's how quarterbacks are desired in the NFL. Right. Um, I, I think they would stay at 51 and just, and just take a really, really good defensive player. That that's what, that's what I think, but again, I'm 49% sure they'll do literally anything else other than that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Let's say you. Um, I think it's a little bit higher. I think that they'll probably they're, they're, the likelihood of them staying at seven is about 60%. Okay. Uh, followed closely by trading back at about. 35% and there's that 5% chance yeah. to get a wild hair up their ass and they trade up to number three. But that's my next one. What's the likelihood that the Raiders trade up to number three? 10%. Yeah, very low. 10%. Um, just so many holes. It's very un, you know, again, you know, I hate using the term, but it's very unpatriot way to do that, right? Mm-hmm. There's so many holes. Do you get like going up to number three is going to cost a ton. A ton. Just a ton, dude. What the Panthers had to give for one, and you're going just like two spots below that. Like, you're trading the future. I mean, you're giving up. So, like, you're probably have to give up a player. Like, probably say goodbye to Hunter Renfro, right? Like, it's going to be – it's just so much. It's going to be a lot. For, for the randomness of these players, right? Like, it's like there's – even the even like the can't-miss prospects – they miss all the time, you know, like where the last few, like, you know, the last few, like, oh, you're not going to miss with this guy, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, like they've hit. Right. But that's not always the case. Like how many yeah. guys are just completely torpedo. It I just, mean, look, it just, look at Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray's showing flashes, but it hasn't been all that great. It just feels very unmixigler to throw the world at, uh, was it Texans at three, right? Throw the world at the Texans at, Texans at three. No, I said, no, it's, it's, um, Arizona at three. Arizona, like throw the world at Arizona for the third best quarterback in the draft. Yeah. You know what I mean? Make it would be. That's what it would be. The third best quarterback in the draft. All right. What do you say? Um, I, like I said five percent. That's very low. Ooh, I was generous with my eight. What did I say? Eight or ten? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a very low pro- possibility. The only the only way I see them doing that is if for some stroke of miracle. Stroud and either Stroud or Young doesn't go in the top two picks, so they're available at three. Yeah, uh, that's the only way I see them doing it. But the thing is, Schefter reported there's like six teams inquiring, so mm-hmm. they might get just as good a package to, to three as uh, the Bears got for one yeah. because so many teams are after it. All right, let's move it along. What's the likelihood that the Raiders trade back in round one? So, uh- uh, to answer your question, what's the difference between three and four? Trade back in round one, and four is trade back in two round one. So they they pick their first pick, okay, and then they trade back in late. Got it. So they okay. Let me let me put a scenario. Okay. Let's say for example, 
we trade uh fucking Belichick wants Richardson and he's available at seven. Okay. He says, Okay, we'll give you pick 14, pick 42, um uh, a fourth and a sixth rounder. So we'll give you a one and two, a four and a six to move up seven spots to get our guy. Okay, fine. We pick at 14. Okay. okay. Then later on in the draft, we're like, hmm, hearing a lot of chatter about Hendon Hooker, maybe not making out of round one, maybe not, maybe being early round two. It's better for us to take him as a project late in round one because we had that extra year of control. Let's trade number 38 and number 70 for number 30 with Philadelphia. So okay. we hopped back into the first round. So we traded down and just had one, used it, and then traded back up into one. Yes. This is I like the Ravens deal, the Ravens thing. So number three is that we trade back in round one. What's the probability? What's the likelihood? Just that we trade back and nothing yes, else. That's it. Um, I would say... Does it all have to add up to 100%? Nah. Or, okay. Give a fuck. I'm not a math major. Give a shit. I'd say like 40%, and that's what I want. That's what I'm hoping. That's what mm -hmm. uh, you and I both want is just, just trade. I, 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 I want it to be higher, but I do understand when draft day rolls around and, you know, Anthony Richardson falls or, you know, Jalen Carter falls or, you know what I mean? Like when you're staring at a number seven and the guy's there, you're like, we told ourselves we're trading down. We told ourselves we're trading down. We have a million issues we have. We have to fill in all these roster spots. We have to trade down. Oh, Jalen Carr's there? We'll take him, right? Like, that's the only reason why mm -hmm. it's not a higher number. Because, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm trusting, like, you know, I, again, we, we, we've been fighting about it constantly. I don't think Ziegler deserves the benefit of the doubt. But he doesn't sound like a wild hair up his ass guy. Like, he does mm -hmm. seem generally disciplined. And so I'm going I'm, I'm gonna go 40% only because sometimes the allure is too much. But I do think they have the discipline to do but I think everyone is thinking it's just like bodies. We need young bodies to fill this roster. Yeah. So I, th I, I was, I was pretty, pretty close to that. I said 35. So the five that you gave trading up that I didn't give, I gave exactly. Mm -hmm. So look, here's my thought process. If at, at seven, if you're going to draft it's a top 10 pick, you're going to draft the third or fourth receiver in a class? No, you don't want that. Especially when you can still get, if like Carter, Anderson, or Witherspoon are there at seven, you take them. They're one of the top three. They're going to change your defense. Take those guys. Okay. If, if let's say, worst case scenario for us, there's still a quarterback available. That means we could take them and probably Anderson, Carter, and Witherspoon are already gone. It's well, it's it's weird because it's worst case scenario for the exercise we're doing, where uh -huh. they're gonna get they're we feel like Ziegler's gonna get hot and bothered and pull the trigger. But maybe in real life it's the best thing because now that seven spot got super valuable because Richardson's available, right? That's what so I'm saying. We, yeah, it's, it's, so it's like it could be great or terrible if a great yeah. player, if a, you know, if one of those guys fall to us, you know. Yeah, for sure. So uh, my thinking is if I don't want a third or fourth best quarterback in the class at seven, not with a top 10 pick, okay? 
I'll take one of the first two quarterbacks or one of the top three defenders. Mm -hmm. If those guys are not available, do whatever you can to trade out. Yeah. Especially especially considering the quarterback that we're getting is a year or two away. It'd be a development guy, right? A Richardson, a hooker. Like it's a dude where like every, even Even the highest dude, even Levis has made some really bad decisions. Even the highest people on those three quarterbacks are like, yeah, they're a, they're a work in progress. They're going to take some time. They're going to take, this isn't, this isn't a plug and play Joe Burrow. Like this is a work in progress. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't, you don't take that with top 10, man. You just don't. You don't do that. You don't do that. And the Raiders got, the Raiders have two years with Garoppolo, right? You know, like it's, that's kind of how the contract is, is done, right? Basically two years with Jimmy G string. And so you don't have, like if it were a super rich quarterback class and you had, you can get a plug and play guy at seven, let's say that, you know, the third or fourth guy is, you know, all right, we can, no rookie's a guarantee, and every rookie's going to have a lot of problems. But you're like, all right, this is a guy that we think can start day one. It'll be rough, but he'll get us there. Then maybe we're talking if we didn't have Jimmy G. But we've we've got our quarterback for now. Mm-hmm. We don't need to make that giant leap. And this isn't that type of quarterback class. This is a mm-hmm. development quarterback class. So it's like all mm-hmm. these, like, even philosophy-wise – it's on shaky ground, but our specific situation, this specific draft, it should be a no-brainer what to do here about that. For sure. Now, let, let's let's break it this down a little bit because I, I really like talking about this because I want I want our you listeners drive and draft. Well, I want our listeners to understand, like you said, like the the mythology, right? The 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 logic behind things. So let me break it down this way. We were talking before we came on air that we have about three and a half million dollars in cap space, and we're going to need about four and a half to five million to sign twelve rookies. Okay, so that's what they would make combined per year. Go look and see how much we we're spent. hoping it's more by trading down. Correct, but let's say it's just these twelve guys. So yeah. twelve rookies cost you about let's say let's say for a nice round number five million bucks. Go see how much we're spending. We're, we're, we're paying one of these one-year guys. Okay? Those one-year guys, if they're eh, you, you let them walk and you grab another one-year guy next year to fill a roster spot, right? If they ball out, guess what? They're going to want a lot of money and you're not going to want to pay them. And they're going to leave. If you have those 12 players taking up 12 roster spots and they're contributing, what did we say? $5 million for 12 players. Okay? Like we, David Long, or or like like uh, like like uh, uh, like Duke. Like, how much do we spend for these guys? Put it this way: for one year. Put it this way: Carl Nassib, this upcoming season, not last season. This dead upcoming cap. season has a five million dollar dead cap. Perfect. Five. Perfect example. Imagine if that was twelve rookies. That all right? Probably, you know. Most of them aren't going to be superstars for us. But the Most thing is, is going to be started. But you've got potential contributors, you special teamers. Maybe he can be somethings. Twelve players for, the for at least three years, RJ. For, for the, three years. For three years. Well, I mean, per per year, right? Because it's, it's per year. Yeah, but the thing is, you have those. You, know you have that saying? core. Let's let's Under say. Contract. Yeah, you have that core of let's say nine ish, nine to ten, maybe. Hopefully, if we're lucky guys that are on your roster, right, that are contributing in one way or another for $5 million. 
right? Instead of paying dead cap hits or paying, you know, these these uh, these guys that were getting off the scrap heap yeah. for one million. Like, what, what's a veteran minimum getting? What's a veteran going to get? Two million dollars a year? Like some slapdick that's maybe going to play, maybe not. You know, so that's why it's so important. And that's why it's 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 so bad, of, uh, like a, a, a kind of a behind the eight ball for us. And that's why I don't want to spend a ton of money on free agents, especially on defense, because we're going to move the needle to what? Mm-hmm. From absolutely god awful to just bad. Like one player is going to do that. How, how much is one player going to move that needle? Because we don't have that much money to spend. And we, and we need so many of those guys. And that's what also like, and you think like, okay, why doesn't every single team do the no brainer that we're talking about? Trade down, trade away guys, get young dudes for super cheap. Again, why would you ever sign a Carl Nassib ever when their dead cap two seasons later is the is what it costs for your entire rookie class of a big rookie class, right? Why would you ever do that? Why would why why doesn't every single team do what we're talking about? Because the allure of a rookie quarterback who's hitting is the golden Graceland of football, a Joe Burrow, a Justin Herbert, an all pro game changer making three, four mil a year because they're still on their rookie deal is like, it is, that's it. It is Graceland. Also, you have to take a look at this. Not not every team out there is so devoid of talent and depth defensively as we are. Mm-hmm. It the reason why we don't go out for the big fish in free agency is they're not going to move the needle any, and you get them for like a couple of years, three years maybe, and then they're gone, or you get a lesser version of them later, and maybe you you build up a defense enough where at that time you can get them. That's why. You got to build this defense through the draft. You got to build the depth through the draft. So then you can go out and get those one or two guys because you're not paying those guys on rookie contracts a ton of money. You have that cap space and flexibility to get a guy that puts you over the top. Maybe a guy on each level that'll put you over the top because you already have solid contributors everywhere else. If you don't have any, like like our secondary before free agency this year was we had Nate Hobbs and that's it. Mm -hmm. Really, the guy that really produced, Merrick wasn't all that great. Mick Robinson's up and down. So, so we're getting these guys to come in to fill these roles. So getting a high-priced guy, I mean, here you go, oh, we could have gotten Gilmore last year. We could have gotten this guy. How much better would he have made our team? Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, you just don't throw to him. Throw to everybody else because everyone else is terrible in the secondary, right? So it's like you have to have a solid team to make those big free agent splashes make a big difference. And so some of these teams, they can, they can stay put and they can draft that player because – that's really all they need to put them over the top. It's uh, the new rookie deal thing with the CBA just like has so drastically changed football forever. Like just the way you construct your roster. The They're never getting rid of money. it. It's They're like never getting rid of it either. It's it's never. And it's and I'm not going to say it's altered it for good or bad. It's just drastically altered it. I think and it's just, better. I think it's better because you, you don't have like the you don't have the Jamarcus Russell holdouts. You're not giving Sam Bradford seventy million dollars guaranteed before he takes a snap. You know, you're able you know, to. You like, know, Sam Bradford is the twenty third highest paid player in NFL history. Bro, it's crazy. Isn't that nuts? He had like one and a half good seasons, but he he parlayed that into like again he got he was the Heisman Trophy winner, got the giant rookie deal, uh, played like one and a half, one good season, 
parlayed that into a four-year deal. And then it just, everyone's like, oh, I can fix him. I can fix him. I can fix him. Like a, like a girlfriend just going after like battered boyfriends. She's like, bam, bam, bam. He's like, that's great. Top 25 highest paid players ever. Good for one and a half seasons. Yeah, man. You got to be smart with these signings, dude. And I mean, like, look at it this way. It's a different sport, but Ken Griffey Jr. is still like, what, like the, the third highest paid player on the Reds? Mm-hmm. He, he still is this year. Yeah. It's nuts. Got to watch out for that shit, man. It's, uh, it's, and again, it goes back to like, I keep saying it and it doesn't catch on. I feel like I'm the only one saying it because I'm also not in, I'm not talking to scouts and stuff. And I don't understand like, look, there's, this is why there's giant, giant personnel teams, scouts all over the place, you know, regional guys, college guys, free agent guys, like guys assessing talent, tape dudes, just giant armies of personnel because this is so important because what you do at number seven and and 12 and 48 and 92 changes franchises, right? It absolutely changes franchises. And so that's why there's just so much personnel going into this, this, you know, deciding who we're going to pick in drafts. But I'm telling you, man, it, it's, it's way, way more crapshoot than science. It really is. Like you show me one GM. You're like, yeah, this guy, this guy, this guy's way better than most guys. It, there's really not. There's terrible drafters, and then there's everyone else. There's not one GM where you're just like, oh yeah, this guy, this guy always gets it. Like guys get lucky. We talk about the Patriots all the time. Why do they mm-hmm. hit all the time? Because they get a ton 12, of picks. 13, 14, 15 picks, right? It's because compensatory drafts that are great at that. They're always like good at trading their own guys away for draft picks. Like that's why they hit. No, nobody had, like, I'm sure if you did like a hit percentage, like there's GMs that are batting, you know, 580 and GMs that are batting 420. Right. But it's, it's minuscule. Like it's just, it's just a randomness. Right. But no one's going to think that way. Right. Like no one's going to like believe that it's a crapshoot. And so they spend all this money on personnel, all this money on scouting. They, they put so much work into it and you're supposed to, right. There's, you know, there's some science to it, but it's, it is such a crapshoot. And plus, you know, would Patrick Mahomes be Patrick Mahomes if he wasn't in Kansas City, if he wasn't with Andy Reid, if he didn't have Travis Kelsey, if he didn't have Tyreek Hill before, right? Like, would that have been the case? Would Tom Brady have been Tom Brady without Bill Belichick? Would like that's the other part too? Even if you get like, oh, this is the best guy in the draft, is he in a place where he can flourish? You know what I mean? Like, let's say we let's say we let's say we drafted Devin White, right? Back then, right? Let's say we did. Would he still be Devin White on a defense as devoid of talent as ours? Because mm. now he's, you know what I mean? Like, would he still? Well, talent is talent. Great player. Talent, talent is talent, talent but I don't know production. that he'd be an all pro. Would he, would he have had the production that makes us, because he could still have the talent, but then we'd be like, oh, you know, he was a guy that had a good 40 time and like, had, you know, had the athleticism, but he just wasn't able to pan out in the NFL. Or was he just on a team that didn't let him flourish? You know what I mean? Those are like you start going down that rabbit hole and there's just just 17 layers of gal of like of the universe that you just can't fathom and so like it's just so that the numbers are so huge and random it's like i get why all the efforts in there and i'm glad they're doing it but this the draft is a fucking crapshoot make no mistake about it yeah, go man. numbers go numbers
Yeah, the way it works is like you have like the 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 player personnel guys. You have tape guys that do offense, tape guys that do defense. You have specialty tape guys, just do quarterbacks, just do offense. Like, and they're like, okay, I need this. Give me some tape on this guy. Now we're gonna rank them. So they need to have all this information. And what's what's their their best their best five plays or the worst five plays? Um, where where did our where? And then they look they look at their own division. How does our defense? How does our division defend us? With what we want to do schematically, what's the closest thing that we've seen to that? Okay, show me the tape, and it's got they got to have it right there at their hands. That's why they have so many tape guys. And you and good like look, you do that homework, and maybe that raises your percentage from fifty percent to fifty three, which yeah, could be the difference between a Super Bowl and not right. So it's like okay, you're you're doing the job, but after all that work, you get your guy, and your guy gets drunk at Top Golf. It's like fuck, man. After or all you, that, or you get work. the guy the coach wants, and the coach's emails get leaked, and he gets fired. And this very specific personnel team that he wanted isn't going to work with someone else. Did they draft wrong, or did everything else not fall into place? It looks like they drafted wrong too. It's oh. <laughs> <laughs> a bad draft. In our case, in the Gruden case, yes. Yeah. Okay, we got one more left. What's the likelihood? That the Raiders trade back into the first round. So they traded out of it, and then they no, trade back it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Doesn't oh, matter. Anyway, they trade back. Look, either they it, it, like in my 1%, scenario, yeah, less than one percent. I don't think they. I I think it doesn't feel like Ziegler. Um, a quarterback is really the only guy you do that to. And again, sure. I do under again, even if there was. Well, hold on, timeout, timeout. I take that back. If Hendon Hooker's available at like 32, then 31. it kind of... 31's the last yeah, pick. It's, it's, no Miami doesn't have a pick. 31. Last pick of the first round. I can see that making sense because then you can get a quarterback on a on a first-round rookie deal. You get that fifth year, man. You get that fifth year, which matters a lot, especially with a developmental quarterback like Hooker who's coming off of, coming off of an ACL. Injury, even though he's really old, um, you know, by, by college quarterback standards. So that he has a he has a, a twelve year career instead of a fifteen year career. Big fucking yeah. deal. But um, but but that, that's that's not that's not that's no small feat because you're still um you're still developing physically at like twenty. You know, at his age, he's like he's like matured, right? Like he's not gonna like oh wow he really found his athletic stroke. No, he's he's a solid frame though. He's six three two two twenty two twenty five something like that. He's, he's but you get my point though. He's not yeah, gonna turn, He's not gonna become six five two fifty. Well, you right? know if what he, he is. Was, if he was 20, that could happen, right? You could still hit growth spurts at, you know, 2021. 20, but again, the the big my big point is like the whole Lamar Jackson thing, right? Like they got Lamar Jackson at 32, the Ravens, and now, you know, it's, it's not going well right now, but at least they're in at least they're still in it, you know, at least it was still tied to him for this last fifth year. That's yeah, the but- only way I can see it happening. So I said less than 1%, I'm going to move it up to 5 only because maybe there's a Richardson or a hooker way down there. And everyone completely misjudged the quarterback appetite and they want them in the first round to get that fifth year. Yeah. I think it's, it, I would give it about 5%. Okay. Uh, I think the last, the last pick we can do is like 30. I don't think Casey's going to trade with us. They'd be like, tell us to go fuck off. Uh, but yeah, 30 Philly, Philly already had a first round pick. They got that 30 pick. 
I think they'd be willing to trade to trade back eight spots. I think they'll be good with that. But even then, I know KC's at 31, but like they can get like so many trades going on. It could be anyone at 31 by the time we do 31 picks. You know what I mean? With all the, the trades and the back and forths, you know. Could be. All right. That's our likelihood uh, and what ifs. Raiders staying put at seven. Raiders trading up to three. Raiders trade back in round one. Raiders trade back in to round one. Regardless. A lot of shit can happen. A lot of shit can happen. Uh, so we talked about Anthony Richardson, and he's been – I'd say of all the rookie quarterbacks coming in in this draft class, he's probably the most polarizing. I, I would say. I'd say yep. the most polarizing. I think I think people are are there's there's the, the the biggest gap between highs and lows on feeling about him is Anthony Richardson because he's just so raw, but we haven't seen a lot of him, the injury, all that kind of stuff. And so uh Tom Pelissero was on the Rich Eisen show this week. And he was asked by Rich, Rich Eisen, asked Tom, who wants Anthony Richardson the most? Who's been eyeballing him the most? And because this is a Raiders show, take a while to guess what he says. It's a really good question, Rich. I was at that pro day, and the Raiders had spent a lot of time with him. Shocking. They took him out to dinner the night before. They are bringing him in for a bit. I like how taking him out to dinner the night before was like a big deal. That happens every time. <laughs> I wonder if they took him to that like seafood buffet they have in Vegas. I want. I've been wanting to go there. They, they went to the buffet that we were talking about, where you got to make sure you get all the good stuff first at the buffet, like it's treating it like the draft, you know. Visit as well, and they've done a lot of diligence on the quarterbacks, which is interesting because if you look at Jimmy Garoppolo's contract, it's really he's going to be the quarterback for two years. There's not a lot of outs in the deal. He's due like fifty million over two years. He's going to be there. But with Richardson, you're also getting a guy who you probably don't want to play uh, day one. I know that well, that does make perfect sense, right? We mentioned Hooker and Richardson as those guys. If there's, if there's, I don't want to say we're a quarterback desperate team because we have a quarterback who's experienced for the next two years, but there's zero question. We're looking for the quarterback of the future, right? For sure. And so it's, we are, we are uniquely in a position to get a hooker or Richardson. I would say more than probably, any other team looking for a quarterback outside of maybe two or three teams with like maybe an aging quarterback and looking for the next guy. Like we're, mm -hmm. we're probably most, most uniquely suited for a Henry, for a Richardson type of guy. Yeah. This is, this is going to be the, the, the time where we use our penthouse view. We use more perspective here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. He's got all these flashing lights, but where is he in the realm of prospects that's come out the last five years, projected the next couple of years, right? Don't just put them against the players that are available right now. How is he compared to the players who are already in the NFL when they were coming out of college? People are going to look at the athletic skill set and say that that is a match to Shane Steichen coming from working with a, a Jalen Hurts. You get another quarterback who's really athletic, can do things outside the pocket, can do zone read big arm can push the football down the field. It kind of checks all those, those same types of boxes, but yeah. Okay. So the athleticism of Anthony Richardson, that's what everyone's talking about. Cause that's really it. Those are also the most measurable, right? Like those are the ones where like, Hey, let's do the combine. What's your 40 time. How far can you throw the football? We watch you scramble when you're playing for Florida. Like that's absolutely bonkers. The meetings and what have you, I feel like those 
I can be almost anything on a blind date. You know what I mean? Race car driver. <laughs> Dude, what was that? What was that Vegas commercial when he's uh he's he's on the phone and he's like or he's like he's like every single girl he talks to, he tells me something different. I'm a cage fighter, I'm a big game hunter. He's on his cell phone and he, like the girls looking over there, he's like, 10 million? No, 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 it's not enough. One of my favorite commercials, right? Well, you know what one of my favorite ones were? Was when you see the 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 uh kind of like European, like Spanish looking dudes. Mm-hmm. And they're partying with a freaking like a trophy, and then they go back to the room, and it was like a vase for like the champion, champion, champion. Yeah, dude, that was a great fucking commercial. Dude, those Vegas commercials are great, and that's exactly my point. Especially yeah. in Vegas, I could be anything in a meeting with the GM and a coach, right? Oh, I love God, family, and football. In that order, nothing else matters. I'm a simple man. I have simple pleasures. That's all I, I want. like. Like butter in my ass and a lollipop in my mouth. <laughs> like, oh, let me take a let me take a ribeye, a salad, and a, and a, and a mineral water. That's what I'm going to have at dinner. Tomahawk, bone right? in, please. Like, so when you start talking about you know the tangibles, like those are pretty measurable, right? And then you go into intangibles; those are really almost impossible to measure, especially when a guy like like Anthony Richardson has so much writing on it. He's having these. Things. So, look, I'm not saying it's pointless, but how much are you going to be swayed by meeting a player? And I guess we'll, you know, we'll see how much that affects these guys when the, when the draft rolls around. Jalen Hurts has played a lot of football at, at Alabama and Oklahoma. And Jalen Hurts' mindset is rare in terms of the seriousness with which he approaches the game. With Anthony Richardson, he got really one year of tape. And he didn't really, you know, I talked to the, the head coach down there prior to the pro day was saying, you know, he was coming off an injury. He didn't even get a normal spring. He just kind of went out there and made things happen. Uh, I've seen, you know, the comparisons to camp. That's another big part too, right? That it's, we're talking about a very, very small sample size, a tiny sample size and what Anthony Richardson's capable of and also shrunk down by that injury. So it's like, all right, just go out there and be an athlete. But the real question is, and this is what I'm very curious what you think of, is like, does that hurt him or help him? Because you're like, all right, look at the production that he had this season. It wasn't amazing, but he did it off an injury with no preseason. But so you'd think, okay, that makes him seem better that he was able to do what he did with limited access. But on the flip side, it's like that tells us nothing about how he's able to handle a college offense. How are you able to grasp an NFL level offense, a Josh McDaniels NFL level offense, if you've never had to do it? Well, Josh McDaniels has been successful with young quarterbacks. Um, He's won games with young quarterbacks because he's able to scale down his offense and, and, and tell and, and, and break the reads down, like chunk the chunk, the reads out a little bit. Okay. Maybe it's not going to be like college where you're only reading a third or half the field. Maybe you read three quarters of the field, but your, your keys are really simple, really basic keys. Right. Yeah. I think his athleticism is going to be a huge positive because something that we haven't had for a long time here at quarterback position is the off schedule plays mm-hmm. where, We've been able to be stopped in second halves. We've been able to not have good games throughout the game. We take dumps probably once a year. We take a huge dump in the game where we get wiped out. It's because usually it's a coach that understands either the player or the offense really well. So they're able to stifle that. When you have a player like Anthony Richardson, you can't game plan for that. 
because he can make shit happen. Like, I'm not saying he's going to be or he's even close, but very Mahomes-esque where you can do everything right and he can make a little wiggle and he has the arm talent and the ability to see things where he knows where to go with the ball and he can still hurt you even though you do everything right. I wonder how much that jives with Josh McDaniels because, like, we heard, you know, his last year with Mac Jones, like, he was finding Mac Jones for scrambling. And when, like, he was telling Derek Carr, like, literally just do this. Like, here's your, like, here's the plays. Like, here's the run. Here's the pass. That's it. Right. I think a guy like Sheldon Rich or uh, Sheldon, Anthony Richardson would probably drive Josh McDaniels nuts. It's like, all right, here's the Pacific play. And he's just like, nope, I'm going to run it. Well, I don't know if that's specifically the case, but I think he's not going to tell him not to run. I think he'll say key one, key two, jet. Right, but look at your keys first. So if he's not doing that first, I'm not saying it's going to be two keys; probably going to be three. But if he's doing that first, I still think he'll allow him to run as long as his eyes are staying downfield. As long as he's staying in a throwing and attacking position with, with the ball, and and um, I think I think that's going to be okay. I don't I don't see I don't see him having a problem with that. All I know is because it's Anthony Richardson, they're going to be called the Florida Keys. Oh, Jesus. Cam Newton, he was the best player in the country. Or Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes was off the charts smart and had thrown like 100 touchdown passes at Texas Tech. This is a different type of a thing here. So that's the other thing, too. I'm not hearing all these comparisons that Pelissario is bringing up. Like, oh, he's like Cam Newton. No, he's like Patrick Mahomes. I, I'm not seeing that that often because those are pretty stupid comparisons. I've, I've heard the Cam because of... Um, you know, the school because Cam went to Florida before he transferred out. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, he's a dual threat quarterback, big quarterback, fast. Um, Cam Newton was a little bit bigger, he's like 6'6, six, six, I think, uh, Thick thicker, player. bigger, wider, With two C's. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that Richardson's faster, definitely, mm-hmm. uh, much faster than, than, than Cam. Um, but you know, it's it kind of shows you what you can get. Because, I mean, Cam Newton was the the most, uh, like, the best player in, in, the, in the NFL voted by the by the players mm-hmm. one year. Uh, MVP went to the Super Bowl. So do you learn? Do you learn from that? Do you learn by how he got hurt, by how he was used? Well, I, right? I, think, I think what Tom was saying is, like, Cam was already way better in college. It's not like he turned into this guy. Like he was a Heisman Heisman Trophy winner, right? National national was he? I would say more developed in college. I wouldn't say better, but more developed in college. I would say I would say both. I would say definitely, maybe not pure raw speed, but he certainly produced far far better than than Anthony. Yeah, I can see that. You know what I mean? Like he's like, like there's there's no question. There's no question. He was like the the best player in college. Yeah, but you don't take a player like Richardson for what he's done. And what he's doing now, you, you take him for what he can be. But that's but I think that's I think that's Pelicero's point is like you are gambling on Richardson. Like with Cam Newton, like it was a pretty you know, every again, every every draft pick's a gamble, but he was pretty damn safe at one that year. Yeah. Anthony Richardson is not, right? Like I can't yeah. like that's that's like okay, all signs point towards him being good now, and a lot of signs point towards him being good in the future. With Anthony Richardson, it's like He's probably going to suck for a season or two, right? Like best, best case scenario. 
Well, yeah, it, season two or three is when we start seeing something. Yeah, the best best case scenario, the last quarter of season two, and he's still going to be pretty bad. You know, it's a it's a classic boomer bust type of situation. I know people are going to be wowed by just the talent, and you stand there and you look at him. He's a big guy, like he's a big man. Uh, you, you know, but this is would you normally be talking about drafting that guy at number three overall? It's a it's a challenging sell from a risk standpoint, but again, it's a quarterback driven league. There's value in building around the young quarterback, especially if it's somebody who can can be in front of them for a little bit here. It would not surprise me at all if Anthony Richardson is top five pick and maybe even number three. So I think it's that very last like four seconds by Pelicero is kind of like the point of what I'm trying to get to here with everything is like there's all these issues with Anthony Richardson, all these what ifs, all these maybes, all these things you don't know. There's no way he should be taken third overall. But because of how the league views quarterbacks and because of how rookie contracts are built, you people make that move. Because because if he hits, if he hits, our franchise is set for years. Years. Oh yeah. And for the first and for and for three or four of them, we don't have to pay shit. Yeah. That's where that's that's where these crazy risks come from, bro. Five, five, because that fifth year they're going to exercise the fifth year option. Well, and gonna... my, my point being, he's probably not going to play year one. Probably not a lot year two. Gotcha, gotcha, right. gotcha, gotcha. We gotcha. have him under contract for five years for pennies, right? Like yes. that's and that's and that's where these GMs and I understand how itchy they get, man. I understand how itchy they get. You're like, man, this is like one of those. Well, it's like one of those three tiered scales mm-hmm. where like. You, you can't just take one, so, something from one place and put it on another. You got to like take things and move, move them around. It's like, okay, where, where's the cost? Mm-hmm. What's it costing you to get them? What is he projecting? What, what are the, what's the bust, you know, what's the bust percentage? What's the likelihood of this? So you're, you're, you're juggling all these different things. And a lot of times these GMs, basically these draft picks, they're picking for their jobs, mm-hmm. you know? So, do I take a safer pick, a guy that I know maybe is not going to be the home run pick, but a steady guy, and I can still build to where then I get into a position to take a guy and have him hit in a year or two? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but you got to be in the game, right? That's the thing is you got to be in the – you have to have a chip and a seat, right? Well, if you get fired, you don't have that. So if you swing and miss on, on Richardson, you're probably going to get fired, yeah. and you're not going to have that chip. So I can play it safer and stay at the table longer, and because then you never know what's going to happen, get a good run of cards. So that's kind of the thing going behind. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of the the, the listeners and the fans out there, are like, oh man, you got to get, get this from that. That's all well and good when it's not your job on the line. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and we've heard Ziegler talk about, I'm not going to sacrifice what you know what is best for my job uh, for what I think is right. So like that sounds encouraging, but again, it's easy to say. When it's not your job on the line, it's harder to do when your job is on the line. Yeah, you know, what's he going to say? It's like, well, I'm really about losing my job, so I'm going to play really safe. Right down the middle. Whatever Mark Davis tells me to do and nothing else because I like – I've grown accustomed to a certain lifestyle with with my new paycheck, and I do not want to lose it. Like, my wife will leave me. I'm not making X millions of dollars a year. What's he going to say, right? Right. Well, let's talk about the uh, first round that the Raiders did hit on. Josh Jacobs. He didn't pick up his fifth-year option. 
franchise tagged him, paying him $10 million next year as of right this second. Unless he's extended, traded, whatever. We're on the hook for $10 million for a running back, albeit one fucking great running back with the Raiders tattoo, all Raider, leading rusher in the NFL last season. Hard-earned rusher last season, right? Not a lot of movement in the negotiation element with Josh Jacobs. Jacobs said that, look, I, I will accept being franchise tagged if you guys prove to me that this team's ready to win. I want that long-term extension. Otherwise, pay, you know, I want some guaranteed money. I want some stability. I want some years ahead of me, right? I kind of understand not seeing a lot of movement now with the draft coming up. I'm sure that, you know, that Raider office is pretty busy with all those draft picks to go on, right? Mm-hmm. What does but what does the silence tell you? Because the silence is deafening coming from the Jacobs and Raiders negotiation table. There's nothing going. You can hear a pin drop there. Well, the silence tells me exactly what you said. You know what? We've gone as far as this negotiation is going to take us right now. Mm-hmm. Let's table it. Let the two sides cool down. And then we'll revisit it later. I don't think this is going to be something where, oh, well, I'm not going to negotiate during the year. I think they can still do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they still will do that. Um, Ziegler has been known to get deals done midseason and stuff like that. So I don't see there being a huge uh, a huge hurry to get this done yeah. because we have, I mean, all the season. Not like anything, um, with rare exception, Odell Beckham comes to mind where it's like you, they paid him. 18 mil who was offering who was offering 17 and they had to beat it had to beat him to make 18 outside of i don't think anyone was offering more than like five or six that's my point like who the fuck was offering 17 where they felt like you had to play 18 you know what i mean um that's the beauty of negotiations is it's not what you think you're worth it's what someone else is willing to pay right and the nfl and and the thing going against josh jacobs the thing going for our you know the good of our cap space the NFL continues to devalue the running back position every single season. You look at the last few running back free agents that got big deals. Christian McCaffrey, four years, 64 mil. Alvin Kamara, five years, 75 mil. Derrick Henry, four years, 50 mil. He ain't getting anywhere near those, right? Those are, those days are not long gone. Cause you know, you have, you know, football goes like this and maybe mm-hmm. running backs will matter down, you know, down the future, but those days are gone for now. What do you think Josh Jacobs is asking for? And what do you think he'll settle for? I think he's asking for at least. Do you think he's asking for those numbers? I think he's asking for four years. I think he's asking for four years. I think he's probably asking for in the 50 to 55 range. Like 30 guaranteed? Around there, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. if I had my, if I, if I had to guess, if I had to put a guess on it, it should be right around there. I think, yeah, I think he wants those four years. I think he does, he really wants those four. That I don't want to do. And it hurts. Oh, no, that's where we're sticking. I don't think they want to do it either. I don't think Mizigan wants to do four years either. I think that you give him instead of okay, look, we can franchise you for one year for ten mil, or we can give you two years. For twenty four, uh, with fifteen guaranteed. 
Well, Tony brought up that exact number. Uh, Vinny Boxignori of the Las Vegas Review Journal. And whenever he says something like, the Raiders might be interested in, or I think maybe the Raiders might do this, he's kind of like a mouthpiece for the Raiders organization. Like when he says something like that, it's coming from a good spot, right? I think it's coming, it's, I don't think it's coming from his imagination. I think that's him thinking, all right, let me put this out there and see if, you know, Josh Jacobs camp, <clears throat> excuse me, or Raider Nation get behind it. So from the Las Vegas Review Journal, Vinny wrote, and while the Raiders might be interested in adding a guaranteed $6 million to the $10 million Jacobs is guaranteed for this year, but spreading it out over the next two years would essentially amount to a two-year $60 million contract, would Jacobs be open to that? So exactly what you said, right? You know, instead of 15, 16, right? So ascent, you know, more or less, instead of $10 million for one year, how about $8 million for back-to-back seasons in a two-year contract? I fucking love this. This seems like something that Josh Jacobs would go for. It seems it gives us another like kind of two-year window with Josh Jacobs. Because again, did we discover last season the new Josh Jacobs that's going to be around for the next five years? Or is this just a blip and a super motivated Josh Jacobs that we're never going to see again? Right? Mm -hmm. He stayed healthy all season. Never did that before. He had breakaway speed. We never saw that before. Um, 900 yards after contact, never did that before. Started pass catching better, never did it. He was progressing in that realm, so I think that's kind of fair. Yeah, he, was getting better. he was getting better and better at that, but it wasn't like it wasn't like this is similar to other seasons he's had. This was this was rare, he had never done anything like this before. Yeah, I don't know about that, man, because well, you're going backwards if you're Josh Jacobs. Usually, if you do a shorter deal, mm-hmm. the per year goes up, doesn't go down. Uh, so if I was him, if they sold me that, may look fine. Here's what I'll do. I'll play under this shitty contract for one year, 10 mil, because I feel I'm worth more, right? Mm-hmm. And then next year, you either tag me again for 14, or I sign somewhere else and get more guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. Like, why would I sign for two for 16 when I can get 10 for one? Just for an, an extra year. For and what? Kind of an injury guarantee. You know what I mean? Like They're up the uh, ass. They're insured up the ass. I think to be all right. Yeah, but if he gets hurt again, like what? Like let's say he gets hurt this season, like he does every other season, and he's so he can't get six mil out there for a year. I don't know. I think he probably would. He would be able. I mean that that's the that's the 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 gamble he's gonna have to make. I think it's a pretty solid bet though. Uh, coming off of uh, you know a rushing championship. Two years, 16, I don't know, man. Normally, the per year, like I said, the per year goes up when you do a shorter deal, not down. So I don't see that being – I mean, maybe 16 guaranteed, 24 total. Well, again, like, like that. it's te- the math is still working technically, right? Because it's, it is a longer deal than he has right this second, right? One year to two year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So now it's $8 million a year. So, well, so it's not, not it's it's not the four that he's looking for. That's that's what I'm basically four he's looking for. But but I that again that if I'm Mayock on the other side of that negotiation table, that's what I would be saying is like, all right, now you're getting two years, you're getting six more million dollars than you were going to have right this second with the contract you have, and the longer contract goes, the less you get per year. And then Josh in the back end would say like, yeah, but I'm looking for four years for fifty, so you're 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 hating me the other way. But dude, I just. Those days of like four year fifty mil for running backs, there's there's not here right now. I I don't see it, man. And honestly, if I, if I'm a running back, 
what I would do is I would do these short deals, man. Mm-hmm. I would do these short deals like 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 the basketball players are doing it. Bounce They're doing those short them. deals, bounce mm-hmm. around, get your money wherever you can. And uh, if they don't want to give you long term, okay, give me big money for short, and I'm down with that. And, and so guarantee it, but guarantee it. And that's what motivates Josh Jacobs too a little bit is like he was able to do this again. We keep bringing up like his yards after contact. His 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 agent can go be and be like look. Josh, take take a short deal because we can prove to other teams that we're not like line dependent. You know, it's not like we're it's not like Josh Jacobs was some random Shanahan dude from the Broncos in the mid two thousands that like you just plug and play some random dude and they get twelve hundred yards a season because you know the scheme was so good and their line cheated. You know, that's not that. Mm-hmm. This is this is in the 49ers where like the scheme is so obviously the running backs are great, but like the scheme is so great that like they're just like. That's not this type of running game. Like, just look at my yards, yards after contact. Like, I have a resume, and I can take this to to, to other thirty-one teams and say, "Look, I don't need to just have." What the hell? Sorry about that. Did you just drive through a taqueria? <laughs> no, I got a freaking text, and I tried to t- shut my phone off, and I actually opened it. My, my my point being, um, Jacob's agent can say, "Like, my skills are independent of scheme and line." Because I've I've proven like and multiple different schemes, it. multiple different lines, you know. And he's just so good on prove it deals, right? Like we did an extent, like hit his best year when the Raiders in the pick up his fifth year option. You know? Yeah, it makes sense, man. I, I, I do not God damn it. Can you just order your carne asada burrito already, please? I'm trying I'm gonna just fucking shut it off. Thank you. Now I now I really want some taqueria. Right? <laughs> I'm just like Connie kind of of burrito. Myself, well, he, he, I mean, look, Jacob's definitely That's shown that when he's properly motivated, there's not many people better than him at the position. Yeah. But what doesn't change is the longevity and durability of that specific position, regardless of player. Yeah. So you have to weigh that again. The scale, you have to weigh that. How important is he to you and what you're looking to do? Can you get the same production? From other places, probably not. Uh, how does that affect your offense? How does that affect what you want to do when you don't get that production? Is it but, worth that extra money? But yeah, can you get eighty percent of that production for forty percent of the cost? Is, is the, so there's no chance he gets a four year deal, right? Like I, I don't think so. I can't no. imagine a universe where the Raiders give him a four year. If it is, it's funny money at the end. It's not anything. Yeah, real. yeah, one of those cap, yeah, like a cap, yeah, yeah. Move, not a real like, yeah. Like that, 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 the Todd Gurley deal, like mm-hmm. something like that. We're going to do some Raider news. Sure, why not? Jalen Carter. We all know who he is. Mm. Georgia defensive tackle. A lot of legal issues. You've all seen it a bunch of times. Visited the Raiders this week. Now, I, rem- I remember earlier when. Um, it was like a month or month or so ago when all this stuff was coming down about Jalen Carter, and you, you know we were in there, we were in our text chain. You're like, would you guys take him at seven? I'm like, no, I still want to trade down, but I would take him at like twelve. So if we get the trade down, I'm gonna get him at twelve. And there was a random draft that had him going at number twelve. Like literally the next day, I was like, okay, I know a million stars have to align for my dream scenario to happen, but literally the next day, it's like, oh yeah, I see Jalen Carter dropping to twelve. Now that's I think that's more immediate reaction to the news. I think when things go down on draft day on that Thursday, 
GMs are going to be like, all right, I want a good guy. And problems outside of the gridiron become smaller. But the Raiders are a little bit of a unique situation considering what just happened with Ruggs uh, two seasons ago. Is he worth is he worth the media headache to the Raiders? Yes. Okay. He's that good. Plus, it's a different regime. Mm-hmm. For all of the goods and bads, didn't seem like Gruden was, you know, that big of a disciplinarian. Mm-hmm. I think he was more 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 fluff than stuff. He'll like yell at you and stuff, but he's not really gonna, you know, crack the whip from what I've read and what I've heard. Um, you know, Ruggs has had issues. Driving, you know, quite a bit. Arnett had had, had issues uh, with outside influences quite a bit, and really nothing was ever done about it. I don't see the current regime being like that. Uh, I think if if you if you take Jalen Carter, okay, and this, that, that was my my uh, my draft um, kind of process going in. If you can get one of the top two quarterbacks or one of the top three defenders, stay at seven. If if those are not available trade out right mm-hmm. so jalen carter is there at seven you take jalen carter right bless you you take jalen carter okay mm-hmm. have him start a foundation have him start walking and talking about joining you know drunk driving things and like a, you know safe safe car like, like he can always do something not because just because of what happened but because he's a good guy and a lot of these players do Start up their 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 charities and stuff like that, nonprofits. So that could be what he's focused on. So he can turn that into a positive. And this is always a way you can work it to to where you can make a good out of something. Uh, but you have to get get out ahead of it. Yeah, it's not. I, I'm with you in that. Yeah, it's a it's a new regime, and functionally, it's completely different than what happened with you know, with Rugs and Gruden. But perception wise, in Las Vegas, it's still Raiders player driving issue. And that goes up to like a Mark Davis thing, right? It would be, it would be like a Mark Davis thing saying, "Okay, Davis president." Yeah. But if we get we get out we get out in front of it, get everyone together. Okay, what is what we're gonna do? You know, we're gonna start this program. We're gonna start this. We're gonna do that. We're gonna raise money for this awareness. We're gonna raise money for this and that and all this other stuff. Okay, boom. Let's go ahead and get out in front of this and push this forward and push this new narrative of redemption. Right. Well, how old was he? Twenty? Like, come Jaylen, on, man. Jalen Carter takes the uh, Las Vegas chapter of the Boys and Girls Club to uh, bumper cars. Just being like, hey guys. Ah, oh, damn it. It's, it can be fun. It doesn't have to be tragic. Uh, in other news, Devin White, the one that got away, according to Adam Schefter. Uh, this was yesterday. Bucks Pro Bowl linebacker Devin White was in fact has in fact requested a trade. Bucks do not want to trade him, but he wants to be traded as he's coming up on his fifth-year option. Now, this is the guy we could have got. Instead, we got Farrell. You think the Raiders make a move on him? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, look, like I said before, our defense is not good. Okay, we're, we're pretty bad. We're in the bottom fifth in the NFL, maybe even worse. Okay. 30th in, in DVOA. If you care, if you care. Okay, 30th. okay. Let's just say we're the number 30th. How much is one player going to change that? Especially if that player is not good in pass coverage. When you bring a linebacker in, he has to be able to cover these tight ends. 
And not not just these tight ends. The, the tight, tight end, end in Kansas City that will remain nameless. Exactly. So if, that's if, the problem. If we're going to spend big is, money or big assets on a linebacker, it's like got to be more versatile. Like you're going to have to do that. Yeah, man. And the thing is, is look, I still believe in Patrick Graham as a coach, but you have to get him players that can fit his system, that can fit what he wants to do. Is he good enough to coach players to do something different? Yeah, but if you change your if you change your scheme too much, why do you have him there if you're not running his shit? You know what I'm saying? So you you kind of need to get players that are a little bit more versatile, can do a little bit more. Um, and I don't think Devin White. He's a good player, man. Uh, he's a tackling machine. He's fast. He's good against the run. Uh, he sheds blocks. He freaking avoids blocks really well. Um, but as far as covering, especially out in space, he's got some issues, man. And I don't know how much better a player like that makes our defense. You don't get a player like Devin White when you're the 30th ranked DVOA defense. You get a player like that when you're like 18, 19. And he'll if we were 29th, it. I'd say. Make him no, if we were, if we were 26th. If we were 15 to 18, that would be a – he could put us top 10. Mm-hmm. A player like that because you already have other players in other positions. But if you're that far back in the list, you need so much more. He's going to take – because plus, he's going to want a Roquan Smith deal. He's going to want yeah, a big yeah. deal. It's, it's basically a one-year deal, right? It's that – Yeah. You know what I mean? He's going to want a fat-ass deal. Yeah. So it's like, what are you getting for him? And – how much is it going to be able to help your team the way it's constructed now? The way your defense is constructed now, how much is he going to move that needle for you? Unfortunately, not not as much as we would like for the money. Ready for some what up, winbacks? Yes, sir. Neil Buckeye. How the fuck can the O-line be below average? We had the leading rusher in the league. They were just outside the top 10 overall, ninth fewest sacks allowed, middle of the pack in time allowed to throw. Very glad you asked that question. One, like we've talked about multiple times, Josh Jacobs had more yards after contact than any other running back. 900 yards. Those were his yards. That was all Josh Jacobs' yards. That wasn't scheme. That wasn't line. That wasn't line coach. That wasn't offensive coordinator. Those were Josh Jacob yards. You hit a guy was unblocked, hit me. I got off that and got more yards. One. Yeah, it's he so that's like what 60% of his yards were all his. Yeah. Uh look. We have issues on this offensive line, right? Now we did have we I think it was like four. One guy didn't really play all that much. We had the, for the guys that played, we had three players that were above a 70 pass rate rating, above a 70. Uh we had four on the team and only two other teams in the NFL had that last year. But the problem is the three interior offensive linemen we're not good in pass coverage. I think uh, um, James and Parham were like in the high 50s, early, uh, low 60s. And, and you're going and by Parham, rates. Yeah. And, and, and well, that's what they're talking about, too. As you're talking about, too. And, and Bars was like below 40. I think he was really bad. Mm-hmm. So despite that, they were still dead, dead in the middle, number 16, I think, in pressure rate uh, and time to throw. And they didn't give up a lot of sacks. So it wasn't because we had a super mobile quarterback. It's because, I mean, they held up enough. And, um, yeah, I, I don't th- I don't think it's as bad as we think. But there is definitely some glaring needs. I think if we get, if we get somebody to slide in to take that bar spot, I think it's 
I think it'll be pretty good because Bars was definitely killing us. Well, a couple things. Um, I noticed he didn't bring up penalties, which destroyed drives with this O-line. Very highly penalized offensive line. One. Two, there were moments when they were just outside the top 10. And by, again, that how much you count PFF grades. I poo-poo those a lot, but that's kind of like the metric a lot of people use. So I'll speak that language with you, but I, I think they're way overrated for for players you know, right? I, I always use the example, like, hey, if we just sign some like random back backup guard from Cleveland, I'll look up his PFF grade because I probably don't know shit about him. So if I want just like a snapshot and one number to kind of give me an idea of who he is, that's what I'm doing. Our players that we watch inside and out, I don't look at those because I've looked at them more than the PFF guy, right? One. Two, they started off really, really bad and got better as the season went along, which is what we've been talking about constantly. Continuity. Have a bunch of young guys play together often, right? So the line can still be below average, but what I always talk about, trajectory. The one element of this football team that got better as the season went on consistently was the O-line. Mm-hmm. That's a that's what I care about the most. You can play great, but if you're not trending in the right direction, all right, maybe it's time to trade you when your value's high. Or if you're starting, you know, you're starting to go down, that's even starting to go down. Let's trade you. You know, right? if you're just kind of stagnant, all right, you're not, you know, you should always be improving, right? It's the one unit that continually trended upward with roughly the same guys like there was obviously a lot of movement at o- a lot of movement at o-line but when they found their guys like you know they generally trended the correct direction and it's in this in this um this regime has already proven like they're not going to invest in o-line money wise maybe they'll draft a couple guys but the five dudes that we got kind of lined up i feel like they're going to be the five starters week one i mean it's a pretty good chance well bars ain't starting we're going to get um, someone else in there but considering how much um equity we have to put in the defense i don't think the o-line is going to be getting a big a big uptick. So look, it was a below average O-line last season. Fact. But for what we're paying for them, I think we're getting, I, I, I hope, I, I think we could get some good value out of our O-line next so. season. I, I don't think they'll be great, but I think for how little we're paying, I think we'll get good value, which is all you can ask for out of a unit. Yep. I agree. Jake, uh, Janice, 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 don't call me niece. Call me nice. Uh, somehow I knew Soto would be a cat guy. We, we touch on this every few months. Your, and your cat's been running around all the entire show. Has he? He has. Yeah. He was rolling around on his back. I kind of spread eagle. Well, he likes to do that. Yeah. yeah. It was his birthday I'm, yesterday. Would you, what, what did you get him? What'd you get him? Uh, I went, uh, I went to the, uh, the uh, pet store and I got him like one of those, um, like cat cupcake type things. It's like a biscuit. It's a fucking cat thing. It's just nothing, nothing special. But it, you make a great old widow. I mean, honestly, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a pet lover. It just so happens where I live now. I can't have dogs. So I have cats. Okay. I've had dogs. I've had cats. I've had birds. That's about it. Lover of all animals. Yeah, well, her over here. Yeah, right. <laughs> Robert Davila. This is a good show. So do an RJ, but I'm broke. Can't send no coin. Uh, we get this also. We get this comment a lot as well. Um, we appreciate you guys just viewing this. We really, really do. Like, 
I get so excited when I look at these numbers, when people who listen, like, wow, you, this many people really, like, really care and want to like listen to what we have to say, be involved in the conversation when it's live, get involved in the comment section. That's awesome. Awesome. And oftentimes we hear people say like, hey, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm broke. That's why I'm on free YouTube. But how can I contribute? Just tell your friends, man. Like that means more to us. Like we love the Super Chats clearly. Um, and we've said it before. Every single dime this show has gotten, we haven't put into our pockets. It's nope. been right back into the show. Better graphics, better gear. Um, we're going to have a studio built um, this year at some point. Depends on like my living situation, but we're going to get a studio built and really crank up this show. And every dime we're getting is going back into the show. So um, one, we appreciate when you can when you can help us out with money. But if, even if you can't, just tell your friends, man. That means so much to us. Just shoot out a tweet, Facebook posts, yell at your neighbor, autumn windbags, whatever, man. Mm -hmm. like that's that that means so so much. Like what I do is like whenever I see somebody with Raider gear on, I just I just start talking to them. Hey, man, nice hat. Thanks. And then, I, and then I, my go to is, are you a real Raider fan? And they'll be like, fuck yeah, I'm a Raider fan. Cool, man. Hey, so I actually, you know, host a podcast. Check it out. I'll pull it up on my phone. Uh, I mean, if you if you tell one person a month, that really helps us out a lot, man. We're not looking to get with me. I have jobs outside of this. RJ has jobs outside of this. We do this because we love it, and we like bringing content. We know, we know how much we like to uh, consume content about things that we're interest us. We want to make good content for you guys. And we feel like there was a there was a need for a show like this in this space. Like there are some great tape guys which we love. There's great news guys which we love. There's, um, you know. Uh, great meme like, guys like me like meme yeah like there's and there's a place for all of that but like just i didn't feel like there was a really good conversational raider show between two guys who know each other really well can kick each other in the dick and talk about the raiders educationally and in a fun way and that's what we try to give and that and that's not for everybody it's not a show that tries to be for everybody it's a show that i wanted to watch and i think if you're here that's a show that that's what you would want to watch so um definitely just, I, I, want, I want you guys to feel like you're in the bar sitting next to us and we're all just talking shit right before i pass out how many times have you seen me pass out in a bar soda i mean i dragged you out of a bar in texas in dallas that was good dragging you mean not kicking and screaming because i was fighting but no. because, like my body was just lifeless <laughs> yeah i have a picture i have a picture to prove it <laughs> rj sleeping on my shoulder in the cab I'm like telling the freaking Uber driver, no, he's fine. He's fine. Just open the window. Okay. <laughs> buddy, 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 buddy. No, no, no throw up in the car. No, it's, he's, he'll be okay. Just he's got an external going. catheter. You don't got to worry about that. He's okay. He'll be fine. I'll Connor catch it. He'll window. catch it in his shirt. <laughs> well, that's it for us. Uh, we will keep you abreast of any late breaking news from here until the draft. We'll have some cool stuff going on for the draft. We'll do something live on that Thursday. Um, and obviously keep everything up to date. But. Until then, not going to whatever you're with me.